1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to your post-daily news show. I am John Pollock, joined by Mr. Wei Ting. Hello, Wei.
0: Hey, John. Happy Friday. End of another week. It um, is. We 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 survived another news cycle.
1: We have survived many a news cycle together. Has your computer survived
0: the news cycle? I don't know. Um, you know, we're certainly pushing the limits of this StreamYard stuff, I have to say. Um Putting clips in now, you know, bunch of. I, I have things I have certainly put
1: I, I have placed a larger weight onto your uh, onto the onto the shoulders of what this show can can contain. We're going to
0: find out what the limits are. We will, we will. I think we'll be okay. No, I, I've been enjoying it. A multimedia experience now. Post daily news. Can I ask you
1: during? I don't know if it, it airs. I'm pretty sure it's a spot that shows up on the Canadian feed on on TSN. It's a Kia commercial. And it it's almost a dead ringer for the for the news uh, like update. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The first time I heard it.
0: It's the same music. It's yeah.
1: Yeah. So the first time I heard it. Like part of my brain was almost like, oh, shoot, we're going like that's what my brain (laughs) triggers just because of the association I have with that particular sound and how my brain responds. It was like the oddest reaction as I was sitting on my couch the first time I heard it.
0: It's like an alarm. Yeah. For people who are unaware, um, Dickie, who created this wonderful uh, intro to our news update, uh, I suppose like um, he probably used some sort of like licensed track that he paid for and kia also happened to have the very same taste and managed to use the same license track just like you know the hardy boys and uh spike tv used to do of course and uh this is it's a commercial that airs in toronto apparently or on tsn i should say
1: well we we are way bigger than kia so you know what they can they can step aside Uh, We have lots of news to get into. We're also going to hear some clips from a few people across the wrestling world as we go into this weekend. Uh, We will be back tonight with Rewind a Smackdown for our members at PostWrestlingCafe.com. Way and I will have reviews of Smackdown from Austin, Texas. The taped edition of Rampage going into Forbidden Door. Uh, We'll also do a mini preview of Forbidden Door and open up the phone line. So all of that tonight. Members at postwrestlingcafe.com can tune in live or download the show immediately after uh, up on your
0: your custom feed there for patrons. And also, uh, we have right now up there our latest review of Ms. Marvel speaking to WH Park and longtime viewers will remember this name, Ahmad from New Jersey. Really enjoyed the chat. It was a lot of fun. So if you guys are watching the show, uh, watch it along with us and check it out. Yes,
1: I. Th- this might push me to to sample Miss Marvel. Um, I might I might just listen to the show out of context and see what's going on, uh, with, with Miss Marvel just to get a catch up from Ahmad because he doesn't keep in contact with me. So this is the only way I can find out uh, how he's doing is by listening,
0: listening in on other conversations. I, I think you would enjoy it other way.
1: Uh, also coming up this weekend, Saturday, we'll have a new edition of Post Pro Res with Wh Park joined by Karen Peterson. We will have the NWA podcast with Nate Andrew and Dr. Ely himself all getting together this month. And Sunday night, the Forbidden Door post show will start immediately after the pay-per-view here on this very YouTube channel with myself and Wei uh, going live after Forbidden Door.
0: Yeah, while we're getting the plugs out of the way, shout out to Andrew Thompson. First of all, he's got an interview with Leo Rush right now. At his YouTube channel, Andrew Thompson Interviews. Uh, go and check that out. Uh, he's talking about his new EP that drops today. You can see the written version at postwrestling.com. Also, Bushby and Thompson's wrestling adventure go on their final adventure together, their last episode ever, as they talk to a number of previous guests, including uh of course, you know, uh Jeremy Lambert is on the show from Fightful. Righteous uh, Reg. Righteous Reg, yes, also from Fightful. And uh uh, also uh benno you know just go and check it out
1: great show to check out as they they wind down their adventures and they're on to their next one down the road down the road yes yes such a long road whenever people say down the road it's just such like one lot. one singular road that we all travel mm-hmm. no no turnoffs. all right let's get back onto track as we go into <laughs> the news items so forbidden door tomohiro Ishi will be forbidden from fighting for the the oceanic uh, championship, the, the Atlantic Ocean will not be represented by the Stone Pitbull. As Tomohiro Ishii, scheduled to compete on June 26th at Forbidden Door, has sustained a left knee injury. This from the report from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he is not medically cleared to compete. We apologize to fans who are looking forward to seeing Ishii wrestle and appreciate your understanding and... After a hard-fought qualifying match at Corcoran Hall, June 21st, Clark Connors will take Ishii's place in the All-Atlantic Championship four-way at Forbidden Door. So now it will be Clark Connors replacing Ishii against Pac, Miro, and Malachi Black on Sunday's uh, match, with the winner becoming the All-Atlantic Champion. And I did get a bit of a glimpse into maybe some of the the audience. And this is, uh, granted, very, very small sample size of when I tweeted this news out. uh, But... Definitely several. Who is Clark Connors in response? So I think that that does tell you something about there is, I think, the levels of New Japan followers, ones that it's very cursory and you're familiar with your Tanahashis and Okadas. Then there are ones that are regularly watching shows and then you have your your diehards and maybe that's a simplistic view of it. But I I think that, you know, Clark Connors is certainly not going to be the name that your even casual New, New Japan observer is going to be all that familiar with and you know it's 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 another blow to this card in in a sense although I I do feel this is still going to be a a very uh solid match on a show that should produce many of them
0: yeah in Clark Connors you know you are talking about somebody who for most people pre-pandemic I mean if they have seen his matches it would have been as a young lion on the rare occasion that he you know went over to Japan to have a match Beyond that, you might have seen his name around, but like, if you're an AEW viewer, you would have no idea who this person was. And obviously, this is not the first choice. But as a make good, if you have seen Clark Connors, I think you know what he's capable of. I think you know how great he is as uh, you know as a, 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 a one of the big products uh, coming out of that LA dojo. And uh, I don't think you'd have any, you know. Um, concerns about the quality of this match, you know, with him in it. I'm actually quite excited to see how he performs. It's a huge, huge, huge opportunity for him. But yeah, when you're talking about, you know, dream matches and not to say like I mean Ishii was very big. He was going to be, I think, you know one of the bigger names uh on the entire show. So it's 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 a huge loss. But the quality of the match I think will still be very good. But it certainly takes away that attraction. But listen, <laughs> this is a show that is made of you know, essentially kind of make good idea and, you know, backup plans. So what else is new, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is one more so on, on the new Japan end. And, you know, when you look at AW of what they're operating or or rather who they're operating without, like it's, mm-hmm. it's some big names. And, and also like when you add in other injuries that are existing, like just uh, Tony Khan recently just announcing like Kyle O'Reilly is, is hurt as well. Like, they are certainly dealing with a lot of of wounded bodies at the moment, serious and minor injuries that all add up. And I don't know if you chuck that up to just a terrible string that, you know, this industry is going to provide. Or if you can look deeper at just any any findings that you can that you can make observations of that that you take from from this. I, I don't know what the answer is.
0: I I think it's just wrestling, John. I mean, we're talking about a huge range of different types of reasons why people may be out um, obviously, you can maybe look at AEW's um, style and ask questions about whether or not it's it's a more physical style than than others, and whether they should t- tone it down. I, I I tend to think this is just where wrestling is these days, and you're going to get everything bunched up once in a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's also like that was one of the selling features of AEW was a reduced schedule. Although, mm-hmm. you know, when, when these guys do go and women go all out, um, there's certainly that that increased risk. I, I, I tend to lend to, you know, not necessarily drawing significant conclusions to what's just been a, a terrible rash of injuries that, you know, for, for a Kenny Omega, it was just it had been mounting for so long that he had been working through that it was just inevitable. He needed to take uh, that amount of time off. On that note, we move on to Rick Flair, who held a press conference in Nashville on Thursday promoting his last match as they have taken the, uh, the card out of the Nashville fairgrounds and are moving to the much larger Nashville Municipal Auditorium with tickets for the larger venue going on sale today. They have still not announced what the match itself is going to be involving Ric Flair, but just Ric Flair's last match was enough to sell at the fairgrounds, and I imagine uh there's going to be. They obviously know that there is going to be the demand for for more uh, with, with the tickets going on sale today. But I think everyone has their questions about here this individual who was on uh death's door five years ago in the summer of 2017, and with his you know well documented issues, like what is the risk that he is potentially engaging in and all we have to go on are the the workout videos that he has been putting out and that he has been holding up well doing basic wrestling training and obviously getting into um, as great a shape as a 73 year old is going to be able to. Uh, but here was his response when discussing the potential risks involved with doing this match.
0: I were just being totally honest about everything. So there's two things that could go wrong with me. Um, I could be, I, my heart pacemaker become unplugged, but that's, plug it back in. The other thing is, as Jeff knows, I've had a, uh, inner ear problem three or four times in my life. Once when Jeff hit me with a guitar. Uh, and Jeff actually was, was going to drive me back home from Detroit. I said, no, it's not necessary. I'll make it. But those are one the only two things I'm worried about. The blood thinners, is not as, I, I just won't take one that day. But after I took my first couple bumps with Jay and I, you know, I had to be comfortable with someone I was training with and Jay's fantastic. And once I first took one, then I took another. And, and the more people that come to watch me, the more bumps I can take. <laughs> so
1: this is a recurring segment here on the show. It's called I'm not a doctor, but, and I'm going to ask you the question way of if your hypothetical pacemaker became unplugged, how do you plug it back in?
0: During a match? It would not be during a match. Uh, first of all, I imagine it would require a trip to the hospital. Um, I would imagine it would require some sort of operation. Uh, it would not be a quick fix. no. So there you go. Um,
1: yeah, we don't we don't know what the match is yet and uh, and I and I think that certainly when you look at what he has been uh, training and doing, I'll just say like I, I don't have grave concern about this that uh, I think he will be smart about the way he goes about this um but to also just um you know he he put out this promo about you know proving all the skeptics and haters wrong i I think that's also a stretch for people to just simply look back and say, oh there's nothing to worry about either um I, I think like this absolutely presents some level uh, of risk attached to it, but one of which he is uh, more than willing to assume. And in the weird world of professional wrestling that, uh, you know, in a place like Tennessee, where you are not overseen by an athletic commission for professional wrestling, like there is nothing standing in his way of doing this either.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, You know, in in that promo, he's he's it's a wrestling promo, he's gonna drop a total wrestling promo. Oh, and a very good one, you know, to be fair. He is Ric Flair, he's cussing in this one as well. It's it's a it's a it's a very good Ric Flair promo. Uh, and of course, he's going to use inspiration for all the obstacles that are in his way. He's framing all the doubters as people who are saying that oh, he can't wrestle anymore. Nobody. Nobody really is saying that. Everybody is is more so concerned that you are going to. In fairness, hurt, his own description yourself. was, "I'm not going to be
1: Ric Flair of 1989, but I'll be at least better than Ric Flair of 2009."
0: So that's yeah, the framework so so so. of what he is uh, painting for everyone. Yeah, and, and listen, in the end, fuck. This is a guy who's very stubborn and uh, is is going to do what he wants to do. He has a son-in-law who's helping him promote the match to draw people in. There are going to be a lot of people that are be interested in it. Uh, but we do have to ask questions. We have to ask whether or not this is this should be done. Um, I, I agree with you. I think you know can he come out of this unscathed for one one evening? I think so. If he's training as much as he is, I imagine uh, one more match isn't going to you know do major damage, but is this really going to be the last one? Or, you know, if somebody else finds themselves in this situation, does this set a set a proper precedence? One thing I will say is for all the training that Jay lethal is doing with him, if this is going to be a tag team environment or situation, I mean, you figure he would be a name, right? Same also with FTR. The fact that both of those names are, you know, associated with AEW and not officially announced for this. Does it tell you what AEW stance might be on their talents being associated with um, uh, this well i mean we're, we're you know we're just over
1: a month away from this show. I would think that you want to get this uh match out there i I would think ideally you would have wanted the match announcement in time for this second on sale that you're doing for the larger venue unless they are looking at it from the standpoint of okay, we have the the resale that starts today and then we'll get a second wave of tickets buyers once we announce the the official match but uh certainly that's a question the j lethal one it sounds like they have had some some disagreement where lethal very much wants to be on this card and flair has said i'm not in charge of booking this and they they're at some kind of a, a standstill over that which rick flair has been public about uh with j lethal but yeah that will that will be a notable uh either participation or lack thereof if if you don't see like an FTR attached to this as originally rumored the undertaker. He's also going to be busy over SummerSlam weekend, but he is not going to be stepping back into the ring. Instead, he will be hosting a one man talk show over SummerSlam weekend. Uh, This will be the one dead man show taking place at the, whiskey saloon in nashville on friday night july the 29th on the eve of SummerSlam, and it sounds like this will be a a live event only uh that they'll be putting tickets on sale maybe they'll record this for for the future uh but this will be the the live and in-person dead talk with the undertaker i mean a sample of which we got at the hall of fame this year
0: listen the name was right there why not promote it as a dead talk a one dead man talk show is that what they call it
1: yeah I, I don't know about the branding of it it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue and but maybe they felt uh dead talk would be uh skirting a little too close
0: mm, okay well I, i'm curious about the content about this one and how it may differ from the last you know we definitely what you saw at the hall of fame was a bit of an audition for uh his new path in in his career doing these sort of uh stage shows and SummerSlam weekend i mean this thing will sell out right away you know uh just a ch- the undertaker still carries that sort of um I think aura around him, whether or not he is in character, but uh, this is, is this officially part of a WWE promoted event, John? Or oh yes. get, yeah. 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 Get... This is a WWE event. Yeah. So, so he's it, not doing this off on his own. It's not like, you know, a star. Trek no, no thing. The,
1: WWE put out the press release. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he, it, this is very much a WWE event at the
0: wild horse saloon. So there you go. Would you go to this? If you were, if you were in town for SummerSlam weekend, would you be interested in seeing this? You know, if there's no other wrestling that I I, I would be interested in instead, uh, I would be. Yeah, I'd be curious to see it. Yeah,
1: it, it it is interesting to look at because um also at that press conference was Jeff Jarrett who is now in a in a senior role at WWE, uh, in charge of their uh their live event booking, and he did mention during the press conference that he is you know business partners with with Conrad Thompson, and you know is a face attached to this Ric Flair's last match. And at the same time is, you know, with WWE, who are running SummerSlam weekend, um, that is in opposition with StarCast that is going on. Yeah,
0: I know. Um, I, so I Jeff, mean, Jeff
1: Jarrett's becoming the new Jimmy Hart that just works for
0: everybody. You're also t- talking about, you know, he's he's there to promote a match featuring a, a promo from Ric Flair that is essentially like talking about the WWE and, and how this isn't fake shit with somebody putting words in your mouth. But he's 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 had an incredibly interesting last year of a uh, career development, Jeff Jarrett.
1: Well, and don't forget WWE recently announced that documentary they're working on on Ric Flair. So Mm, the WWE and Ric Flair, those sides are together and it would make all the sense in the world that if you're shooting this documentary uh, that this match would be part of that documentary as well. So I I don't know where all the the connections weave in, but it it seems like, you know, Jeff Jarrett is at the center of this on this weekend where you have StarCast in Nashville, you have WWE, all over Nashville as well uh, that weekend, including uh, Flair's last match. That's going to have a ton of local publicity uh, in Nashville, and is going to have a lot of attention that weekend, the night after SummerSlam. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Meanwhile, we move on over to MLW. They held their battle riot Four event at the Melrose ballroom on Thursday night. And our own John Cena was there covering uh, the event for us. We had the the results and notes up on the site. Of course, the event was built around their 40 person uh, battle Royal kind of their version of the Royal rumble. And it featured uh, several interesting uh, entrance into it, including a uh, Sammy Callahan from impact wrestling uh, as it seems MLW and impact have a, a working relationship now after Davey Richards appeared at slam this past week. And during the scrum afterwards with members of the media, uh, we're going to hear some comments from MLW's Court Bauer. And the first one, uh, it was a question from Mike Johnson regarding uh, the recent settlement that uh, Vince McMahon had with Oliver Locke and the status of MLW's ongoing lawsuit with WWE
2: an interesting couple of weeks for a company you're currently suing. Yes. Um, We've seen Vince McMahon settle the lawsuit with Oliver Luck over the XFL. Has there been any any, uh, movement in the MLW lawsuit as a result of the last couple of weeks in the Wall Street Journal story?
3: Yeah, Um, no comment. I can't comment on pending legal other than, you know, we're looking for our day in court. And as we go through this process, I continue to be increasingly optimistic that when we get to court, it's going to be
0: uh, favoring uh, cork. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't help himself. The it natural just, play on words, you know. I, it's a it's a name that works in many ways. Yes.
1: Do you believe now? Now the Oliver Luck case, you know, that was not him involved in a legal issue with WWE. It was Vince McMahon, separate from WWE. Uh, but do you view there being any? Any added impetus on WWE's end uh, to settle like an outstanding suit? Or do you think that's completely uh, divorced from what is what is going on that the MLW case is going to move at the same pace it was prior to the Wall Street Journal report?
0: Well, I think much of it depends on how much of a case they actually feel like MLW has. Right. Um, If. You know, in the Oliver Luck situation, from what I gathered, it felt, it seemed like things were not going to, were not stacked in Vince's favor, you know, if things were to have proceeded. The MLW situation, I know less about, um, but I I also don't know if they would be as concerned. Um, so, you know, I think it very much depends on that. If it's a winnable fight, I think they're going to fight.
1: Yeah, so that would be one one to watch and, and if it actually uh, makes its way. To court as he brought up uh battle riot itself as we mentioned uh sammy callahan appeared also uh, showing up in the battle royal was uh the former harland of nxt now uh just just going by parker Boudreaux. and here's court discussing uh the relationship with impact wrestling as well as the arrival of parker Boudreaux and the talks that led up to his appearance on thursday night
3: in the impact connection, Davey Richards working uh, slam slammiversary this past uh, Sunday, Sammy Callahan being in the battle riot tonight. Right. Some unique surprises tonight. It can you explain kind of how the impact thing went and also yeah. the debut of Parker Boudreau uh, for MLW2 if, sure. if you can expand on that a little So be. yeah, so we've talked we've had conversations with Scott for a while, um, just trying to figure out when is a good opportunity for both sides to work. And it kind of started to come together in the last month or so with Slam Reversing, they were planning some really cool stuff to celebrate their 20th year. And from there, one thing led to another. They had something interesting for Davey, and we had something interesting for Sammy. And when it works for both sides and meshes, uh, you know, that's great. And I'll say this Scott Deamore, I'm so thankful for. I'm really appreciative that he was a part of this. Uh, without his contributions it wouldn't have been possible and so uh, big shout out to Scott, we're really thankful for him same with Dorian oldon and Conan Triple A and their participation. And tonight in Regular Basis and Savio with IWA Puerto Rico and Mr. Quito with Dragon Gate. All with their participation tonight, tonight was possible. So, you know, I think we're in a new era of wrestling where you can collaborate with other groups. You know, you have to navigate their, their concerns and, and their needs, and I think it's been very helpful, and I think the next stage of this will be in Nashville with a big interpromotional title fight for uh, Impact's top title. So... You know, it's it's great for the fans. When the fans win, we all win. But in in uh, Parker, if you can. Uh, sure. Yeah,
0: Parker. Someone we spoke with a few weeks ago. We weren't really in a play. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, sorry about that. It's it's the the software, unfortunately. But well, yeah. just to
1: summarize, uh, with Parker Boudreaux, he explained that they had they had engaged in talks, and then they had kind of uh broken off, and then they. Sat back down earlier this week and it led to him coming out in the, uh, the battle riot as well. So, uh, some interesting additions there in, in the battle riot and, uh, also Mance Warner, uh, showing up there. There had been uh, past issues between Warner and MLW, but in the scrum court indicating that Mance Warner, um, it was a very last minute thing and will probably be returning to do something with uh, Mads Kruger, So those are some of the notes coming out of Battle Riot. Again, you can check John Ceno's report up at postwrestling.com and doing a great job uh, covering that event as well. We'll move on over to the Dynamite numbers from Wednesday that everyone was curious to see how they would rebound after last week. Uh, They were up 15% in viewers with 878,000 viewers and a 0.31, 404,000 in the 18-49 to demo. That up 11% and was good enough that they finished first among cable... Original programming. This was airing against the Stanley Cup Finals. That was airing on ABC. So, uh, an increase over last week, although it would still be their second lowest 18 to 49 number of the year, uh, topping last week's numbers. So, an improvement from last week, but uh, still down from what they had been doing um, in the in the weeks prior. So, I think you you can you can view it in in two different ways. But at the end of it, you are still on top of of cable, so you have to take that as a positive. And the fact that uh, TBS went out of their way to put out an announcement uh, touting the fact that they were number one.
0: Yeah, the fact that they're a number one. I mean, I think ultimately is all that matters to them and, and TBS, and you know, seems to suggest maybe just a bigger turn out, tune out in general for television overall. In Canada, they did about 63,000 viewers. So they were outside
1: of the top 10 uh, sports programs and it would be their lowest number in Canada since April 27th. So definitely taking a hit. And next week, um, you know, the Stanley Cup finals are are going to be wrapping up. They won't. Neither WWE or AEW will be uh, having to deal with that next week. So those will be numbers to watch as well as we go into Forbidden Door weekend. And Tonight, we have SmackDown, as we mentioned, in Austin, Texas, which will feature the highly anticipated rematch between Lean and Mean Gunther and Ricochet for the Intercontinental title. We have got uh, the Money in the Bank qualifiers that they had announced last week with Sami Zayn taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Aliyah versus Shotzi. And I guess we have a segment involving uh, Drew McIntyre tonight. As well on SmackDown and they're coming off uh, a number that was very good last week and uh, Brandon Thurston had an update that both Rampage and SmackDown were actually undercounted because the Nielsen had an error where they did not uh, properly account for all the out of home viewing. So um, both had a bump as a result of that and SmackDown last week was their most watched episode uh, since Christmas Day of 2020, which had that tremendous NFL lead in Uh, Rampage, you know, not as low as last week. Um, But still um, still low by rampage uh, standards last week. So that's kind of uh, putting it into context.
0: Yeah, uh, Brandon uh, at Brandon Thurston specifically stating this is still the least viewed rampage in the normal time slot for both P2 and 18 to 49. It is not the lowest 18 to 49 rate number, including preemptions, though, as earlier data indicated, one preempted episode on May 6th is now lower.
1: Yeah. So in the 18 to 49 demo, Rampage went from like a 0.10 to a 0.12. So a a bit of a, of a bump when they figured in the out of home viewing Rampage tonight at 10 Eastern, they've got Rampage followed by the countdown special. So we're going to see Andrade El Idolo taking on Ray Phoenix, Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez will be taking on Sierra and Lainey Luck hook versus the DKC and the main event, Cash Wheeler taking on Jeff Cobb and Followed by the countdown, and then we go into the pay per view on Sunday night. So you've got uh, four hours of WWE and AEW content tonight on television.
0: Yeah, uh, of course. You know this Andrade versus Rey Phoenix match looks like—I mean, it, it's going to be tremendous. We know that. Um, that to me, it, even though it's not on a pay per view, it almost feels like it's—it's it, it's something that would have been, or like at least in Andrade's case. Don't know what Phoenix would have done, but. Uh, you can probably guarantee a pay-per-view level performance from both of them.
1: All right. And we're going to be chatting about all of that tonight on Rewind to SmackDown. Always a super time on Friday nights on Rewind to SmackDown with Wei Ting. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, Wei, this has been a, a great discussion w- uh, w- with you and going through all of the latest news. We're back tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Circle it on your calendar for Rewind to SmackDown. And in a packed weekend, Post Pro Res, the NWA podcast, WrestleNomics on Sunday, and then the Forbidden Door Post Show minutes after the pay-per-view concludes and everyone is either uh celebrating a great pay-per-view or they're screaming and angry and they're never going to watch AEW again. Whatever your emotion is, the Forbidden Door Post Show here at YouTube.com slash Post Wrestling is your outlet. We will be taking phone calls from our Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. you have any other
0: plans this weekend away? Um, yeah, actually I'm, I'm, uh, meeting some friends, um, for a barbecue. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tomorrow night, uh, Sunday before forbidden door, actually. Sunday oh, afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll say hello to all of your friends for me. And I'm also meeting a friend for lunch. Oh, very nice. You're
1: a very, yes. uh, very, very, very social Social weekend. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try and get out of my house as well this weekend. We will, uh, we will see. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks to everyone for joining us in, in the chat room. We'll speak with you tonight on rewind to SmackDown we